speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Epistles from 1 Peter chapter 2. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of your flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should, be, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Servants, be subject to your master with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is the gracious thing when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Question for you this morning. How do we, the church, yes, we, the church, how do we deal with pagans? How do we deal with unbelievers? Well, I guess it depends. It depends on whether or not the church has the upper hand. For example, historically, when the church was in a position of power, when the church was in a position of power and influence in society, well, the church used to use force to put pagans in their spot. And if needed, the church burned the books of pagans and also, yes, even burned them at the stake. However, what if the church is in a position of weakness? Yes, weakness. Well, historically, the church, it went the way of fleeing to the monastery. If the church was in a position of minority and pagans were on the rise, the church had a record, if you will, of isolating itself in a distant place. And so, as you can see, the church has been bouncing back and forth between these two options, yes, between these two options for quite some time. In the last several years, though, we have seen both tactics, surprisingly, both tactics at work. On the one hand, the church itself has flexed its muscles in society, acting like it has the upper hand in society. It does this by working really, really hard to pass certain legislation to fight back against pagans, if you will, and set them in their spot. Currently, you see this in every state in the United States of America, from laws against abortion to laws against drag queen shows, if you will. However, keep in mind, keep in mind, even though there's a flexing of the muscle to push back against pagans in America, at the same time, some Christians are not convinced. They're not convinced that this strategy will work, flexing the muscle. 
And so on the other hand, some Christians have begun setting up monasteries in America. Now I'm not talking about a monastery in the desert or a monastery located in the hills, perhaps with a barbed wire fence. Instead, some Christians have isolated themselves in the church away from pagans. Simply look at any city in America, take your pick, and you will find churches where Christians will go to church in a Christian church and do business only with Christian parishioners, only to have their coffee with Christian friends and then have their children attend a Christian school. In effect, they have, well, they have cut themselves off in a monastic lifestyle in the church away from pagan culture. Perhaps there's another dimension to this as well, a third option, if you will. You see, instead of trying to flex the muscle against pagans or to run for the hills away from pagans, many Christians in America have taken up the attitude of this, well, if you can't beat them, well, join them. This has resulted in many churches synthesizing, yes, blending their church or perhaps even mimicking culture itself. Tragically, many Christians would rather have the comfortable approval of pagans than the feeling of being ostracized or worse yet, being perceived as one of those religious wackos, if you will. And so to befriend pagans, these churches will remove Christian art, they'll remove the cross from the sanctuary, and biblical words like sin and hell and so forth, they're replaced with friendly and kind words. You get the picture. Perhaps things become a bit more interesting when we Christians have to interact with a pagan government. Now, a lot could be said about the historical nature of America. We could spend actually quite a bit of time on this, whether or not America was founded as a Christian nation or whether America was just founded as a deistic nation. Nonetheless, putting that aside, I think we can all agree this morning that today's American government is a bit more hostile to Christians than it was in the past. And so all things considered, how are we to interact with a pagan government? A pagan government that we cannot strong-arm, I might add. Well, during COVID-19, we learned a lot about how we Christians will respond to the government. For example, if you can think back, I think it's fair to say that the church fell into two categories during the midst of COVID-19 not trying to beat a dead horse on this topic, if you will, but just simply learning from it. As we consider COVID-19, the church fell into two categories, two exact opposite categories, those that did what the government said and those that wanted to do the exact opposite of what the government said. That is to say, if the government said jump, many Christians, without any critical thinking, they responded to the government by saying, how high? However, when the same thing was asked of this other group of Christians, well, these Christians aggressively responded and reacted by saying, nope, we're not jumping, we're going to sit down. Thank you very much. So what's the point of all of this? The point is that in all of these perhaps good and bad examples, we Christians, in these examples that we've mentioned so far, were being reactionary to pagans. In all of these examples, the church is playing defense while the pagan runs the show. Now, dear friends, 
please consider for a moment our reading from the epistle of 1 Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 2, actually a little bit before in verse 9, Peter tells you and me that we are, get this, that we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Yes, hear that again. Gosh, it's so good to hear. You are once chosen by God, chosen to be a holy people and instruments to do his work. And so if this is true about you, which I might add it is, then this world that we find ourselves in is not our home. And if this world is not your home, well, don't make yourself cozy in it. And don't get triggered by everything that comes your way by the world itself. Never forget, you are citizens of the kingdom of God, which means that you live in this world as a sojourner, as an alien, as an exile. And so quit acting and thinking as if this world is all that there is. Remember, my friends, that you belong to an everlasting kingdom and this world is fleeting. Baptized saints, because this world is not your home, and because your citizenship is in the kingdom of God, this changes everything. And so you live your life among pagans with all nobility, with integrity, and honor, so that your lives, your actions, your words will refute the prejudices of pagans themselves. Because you belong to Christ, you can make your master proud by being a good citizen, respecting all governing authorities, whatever, yes, whatever their level is, while also being steadfast and faithful unto God. But does this mean that we're not to oppose pagans themselves? Are we just to go along with the flow? Does this mean that we're not to oppose governing authorities at all? Dear friends, let's make this very practical. Let's make it extremely practical right now. As you may or may not know, the Minot City Council voted to reestablish a human relations committee at the most recent Minot City Council meeting. The intent of the human relations committee is this, for the committee to take a, quote, look at what we need to do as a community to make Minot an affirming and welcoming city. Now, very quickly, the description of this human relations committee is rather vague. In other words, is the intent of this committee to make Minot safe for all people or perhaps just some people? That needs to be answered. That needs to be fleshed out. Furthermore, if the goal is to make Minot more affirming, the next question that should be asked is this, affirming of whom and affirming of what? Well, the city council did not directly state it. It seems self-evident that the intent of this committee is to advocate for the LGBTQ movement. And so mark this. As this committee develops at the Minot City Council, watch and see how the Christian community will respond. Some in our community will affirm the Human Relations Committee in the name of love. Others, perhaps, will storm the city council, will come to a meeting with pitchforks and oppose absolutely everything that the city council says. And others in our community, perhaps, will look to the hills and find ways to remove themselves from godlessness, as they will say. In the end, mark this. 
all of these responses are reactionary. They fail to remember that we Christians, that you Christians, are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. You see, we must keep in mind that when Peter wrote this epistle, his epistle of 1 Peter, the culture at that time, the government at that time, was not just a little bit, but very pagan. And so Peter did not indicate that Christians were to run to the hills, but conduct themselves with honor as they lived among the pagans. Furthermore, Peter told Christians to respect the emperor and the Roman government. Peter could say all of this because he knew that Christians are a royal priesthood, a citizen of the kingdom of God. And so keep in mind, though, that Peter at the same time, even though he knew and he taught that the Christians themselves were citizens of a royal kingdom, Peter himself, he did not always obey the governing authorities. Again, keep in mind that Peter did not always obey the governing authorities. Remember in the book of Acts, when Peter disobeyed the governing authorities, when he said these famous words, we must obey God rather than man? And remember when Peter warned against pagan ideology, Indeed, when Peter warned against pagan ideology in 2 Peter, telling Christians to be alert to the slanderous and irrational animals among them, to the point, because you belong, because each and every one of you belong to the kingdom of God, because of Christ's death and his resurrection, your identity is in Christ. You are baptized and raised in him, and you have the Lord's will for you. And so you need not be reactionary to the pagan world or the governing authorities. You are not in the passenger seat. You are not in the passenger seat to paganism itself. You are not playing second fiddle to a worldly ideology. You are not a citizen of darkness. You do not worship Caesar or bow to paganism by any manner or fashion. Instead, being very practical, as a Christian, you can say this. We as Christians, we want the safety of all people. We don't want people unjustly bloodied up in the street. Don't want anarchy, for goodness sakes. Minot City Council, we indeed support you in making Minot safe for law-abiding citizens. We do support you and we affirm you in that. And at the exact same time, we can say we affirm what God affirms and we cannot welcome what God does not welcome, for we are not pagans. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. And so here we stand. We can do no other. Our conscience is bound to the will of God. Baptized saints, think of it this way. If the government says to us, jump, you and I will certainly jump if we morally can, if our ethics allow us. In fact, if the government says jump and we morally can jump, we will try to jump higher than everyone else around us. Indeed, than everyone else around us. However, if the government tells you and me to jump in a way that violates God's will, well, we are not going to run away and we're not going to hide and we're not going to sit down for all of these all of these would just be reactionary. Instead, if the government says jump, and we morally cannot jump, mark this, we will just not jump. We just don't jump. 
We won't even apologize for not jumping, and we won't even try to justify our actions. We just won't jump. We will simply say we must obey God, not man. And that is what Peter is teaching you and me this morning, that you are not slaves to the government or to the pagan world. You are citizens of the kingdom of God. And being a royal priesthood of God means that you are to be a loving servant to the government and your pagan neighbor. But in serving them, you will not violate conscience. You will not violate your conscience, for you do not worship a pagan ideology or the government itself. You only worship one the one who bled and died for you, Christ Jesus, your master and redeemer, the one who made you a royal priesthood and a member of his holy nation. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.